On this episode of the iFilmmaker podcast, we're talking about hyperlapsing with Mark Donahue. Welcome back to another episode of the iFilmmaker podcast. My name is Ariel Martinez. So on this episode, I am talking with Mark about his work, how he got started, how he goes about doing his hyperlapses. And surprisingly to me, he says that it's easy. So we're going to see exactly how easy this is. I don't see that it's easy, but it's awesome what you can do with a lot of practice. So we're going to go into that. We're going to go into his work, how he goes about it, and a few tips and tricks on how you can get started with hyperlapsing as well. As always, I will be putting links to everything that we talk about on the show notes for this episode. And also, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm actually going to be playing Mark's videos while he's talking because we do a lot of referencing to some pieces that he does and some specific incredible shots like how do you get a mouth moving to music that's playing in normal speed but in hyperlapse that's just it sounds crazy so we're going to be showing you all that stuff so if you're watching if you're not watching this on youtube you could be missing out so make sure you check that out and subscribe while you're at it anyways without further ado here is my conversation with mark donahue mark donahue thank you so much for coming on the iphone maker podcast i'm glad you're here buddy yeah man thanks for inviting me Great. So uh, I guess we can start off by uh, letting letting us know a little bit about your introduction into video, how you got started, and kind of what let you what led you down that path. Yeah. Um, so I picked up a camera um, right before I went to college, and I used to skateboard a lot. So in college, I would you know set up some rails and some ramps and film my buddies and I uh, skateboarding. So that's how I started. And I was down in Santa Barbara uh, going to school and I lived like right on the beach on this cliff. So I had like this wonderful view of like the sunsets and and people surfing every day. Um, So the skateboarding and the time-lapsing kind of came from that. Um, You know, watching the, the sun go down and I would you know, film, like at that time, you know, I would have to like record video and speed it up. You know, it wasn't like photos and image sequences. So it was kind of back in the day. It's pretty cool. And how long ago was this? That was in um, uh, 2000. Two uh, so, thousand. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. It's 21 years ago, man. Yeah, the the size of the videos were like 320 by 240. <laughs> you know, they're so tiny. HD wasn't like a thing would, back would, then. No, no. Oh my It would gosh. take forever to render out stuff. It was just like, oh my lord. Now that's compi- that's considered low level proxy, not just regular proxy. That's low level <laughs> proxy. <laughs> yeah. Oh it's man. It's pretty insane. So what was it about the time lapses that sort of fascinated you? Um, Cause obviously you have a fascination with time lapsing, hyperlapsing. That's a big scope of your work, at least that I've seen. You know, I, I don't know. I think it was just watching these sunsets and um, I just started speeding stuff up and it, you know, it just became like super awesome to watch and, and all these people around me were loving it. So um, yeah. I found like a passion for it. Yeah. 
Did you ever think about tapping into other parts, commercial, like, you know, like us regular video makers <laughs> do? Um, did you ever think about going Yeah, I do, a, I do general... a lot of that too. Okay. Yeah, so I've done, you know, like a Subaru commercial, like a Range Rover commercial, worked a lot with GoPro. Um, I've made some creative videos that I kind of had a storyline to and it's they're kind of trippy you know introducing my hyperlapse skills and time lapse and a thing we call lyric lapsing where I would sync the mouth movements to like a hyperlapse slash time lapse um, so we would sync the mouth of my subject the person in the in the film uh to the to the music so that is one of the things that has fascinated me the most off out of your work uh which is a great kind of transition into hyperlapsing how the heck does that work uh i've i've seen that and and i've been following your work for years now i loved i think I think my introduction to your work was maybe the video before, uh, was it I left my heart in San Francisco? Um, yeah. So the video before uh, that, I don't remember the name of it, but dream, I remember dream music part two. Yes. That. Yeah. That was so mesmerizing to me. And the thing that I kept looking at was his lips. This is a hyperlapse, but his lips are moving to the music how is that possible <laughs> outside of it's just i i don't even i can't even in my head think of a creative way to make something like that happen uh, yeah can you explain that to me <laughs> when it was funny like when we finally got that down you should have seen our faces we were like jumping up and down like screaming <laughs> because it was we were like what did we just do <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> so what I did, I I teamed up with one of my friends, Drew Roulette. He's an artist, and um, I did some research on uh, cartoon mouths, and you know how many how many different mouths do they have to make to make a cartoon talk? So I figured it out, and it was like just ten mouth movements to say like any word you want so my friend drew out like every different mouth and then i would use those um and you know find something to you know pair it with and do some test runs and it worked out perfectly wow um i could i i could you know send you one of the tests that i did and it shows like his drawings and, you know, what each mouth, um, you know, like every letter that each mouth goes with, it's all written on the paper. Wow. It's pretty crazy. That, yeah. How many different, I guess, mouth positions are there? 10. Holy 10 cow. and then, yeah, 10 and then a resting face. So really 11. But So... You have these 10 options to put the mouths in different positions where you could basically now say anything that is on yeah. the script. Yeah, everything. Oh, 
that's it's pretty crazy that is yeah so we would you know number it out you know i went down the whole timeline of the um of the music and just you know did one seven six three one ten you know for every single frame so i did a lot of like pre pre-production to get that done and then when we shot it you know it just kind of flowed we had a couple people making sure I was on on point and everything. How much practice does something like that take? I can't imagine you didn't do it on the first try. You know, it only took like a couple test runs to kind of pair it up. It it kind of came naturally. It wasn't that hard. Once I I did it a couple times, then we got rolling on it. That's why it's called Dream Music Part Two because there's a Part One which was more of a test run. So all these hyperlapse videos are done. You're, you're obvious. Not, I don't want to say obviously because I don't want to presume to know how you do this. You're using stills or video? Yeah. Okay. Stills. Uh, you know, just because you could edit edit them a lot better. Right. Um, right. And, and then I just, you know, motion track everything so it's all stable. Is the pre-production on something like that kind of similar to a regular video? Or um, are yeah. there different variables? No, it's just like a regular video. Um, some of it is video, but, you know, I would like speed it up or something or do some trippy effect to it. Yeah, it's it's all trippy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all very, very trippy. Um, so, so that's amazing. The, the hyperlapse videos always intrigue me and... Um, you know, every time I think of those kinds of videos, I always think of your videos. To me, it begs the question, how big is the market for videos like that? Like how much work have um, you been able to uh, to acquire, um, like paid work to do stuff like that? A lot. It's more time lapse. And then, you know, like clients want time lapses. And then I kind of explain what a hyperlapse is. Mm. They don't really understand what it is. But then when I do it, they're just blown away. So it's kind of like the cherry on top of just time lapses. And I have a couple motion control rails that I put my camera on to do time lapses. So the camera kind of moves a little bit in the time lapse, which, which makes it like super, super clean, super awesome. Right. Um, and a lot better than just like a static time lapse. So that's kind of like the middle range you know, a static time-lapse, then a motion control time-lapse, and then you do the hyperlapse, which go all the way down the street or like, you know, half a mile if you have the right shot. And which, what I pretty much do is just take a step, take a picture, take a step, take a picture. And, you know, you look on the ground for, for like tiles or something to keep you like in a straight line. And it just comes out smooth if you find the right setup. I specifically remember that shot that you're talking about going down the street about, and you said about a mile or something. Um, that is one of the most impressive. I say shot because it looks like it's one shot, but it's several shots. Your subject, your your talent, your main talent is in the middle of the shot, and you're going yeah. down the entire street for a long period of time. And the whole time I'm thinking, where are the cars? <laughs> like. Um, I know we're in the middle of the street. (laughs) Are you just standing there in the middle of the street one step at a time for like a whole mile? Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what we did. It was like three in the morning. So there weren't that many cars and we had like five people 
with like flags and cones to make sure we were safe. Um, I was actually, that was actually me in the shot in San Francisco going down uh, California street. Okay. And my producer Roth was taking the photos behind me and he was like sitting down on the ground. (laughs) It was pretty funny. What, what's the, in your opinion, what's the best technique to grab shots like that? Uh, moving hyperlapses. I've heard that monopods usually do the trick. Yeah, a lot of people use um, tripods, and okay. that just takes forever, you know, to set up the tripod every time. I do a lot just uh, handheld, um, but yeah, a monopod definitely works the best. Um, it's kind of, you know, doing that repetitive motion so many times, your arm starts to get kind of sore. So using a, uh, a monopod works really great, as long as you have like a flat surface. And the the, the key is to find like a path to to like take your steps on. Like I said before, like tiles um, on California Street, we're using uh, the rails in the middle of the street for the the trolleys. So that worked great. Oh, okay. And then when I have a subject in front of me, I use this like extendable pole every time we move to make sure where the distance stays the same between us. So I grab that at Home Depot. It's, you know, like a $15 pole. It's used to screw in light bulbs that you can't reach. And I just took the light bulb thing off the top. What other uh, cool hyperlapse techniques are there for, and in general, nothing uh, crazy, uh, what are some other cool hyperlapse techniques that are not used in regular video making techniques? Um, it's really about like, I think like motion tracking, you know, some things, you know, I would, I would uh, take the photos, making sure like the buildings in, in the middle of the frame every time. But now I kind of branched out and I start tracking like boats or or random people on the beach and then i you know track their heads so they're always in the middle of the frame and it it's just like this whole other crazy reality that so it's just stuff that your your eyes can't see naturally you know when you speed it up and you track like a random subject it's it's kind of mind-blowing i heard because i've seen some you know youtube channels on how to see youtube videos on how to do hyperlapses i've never really tried one uh, but I've always found them so intriguing. It, it it seems like an overwhelming amount of work uh, to even practice it, let alone actually do the job. But a technique I heard is very useful is to use markers on your on your actual monitor. If you're trying to move and, you know, trying to keep a building in the shot, maybe having a marker and find a point in that building where that camera is always that marker is always going to be on. Have you heard that yeah, at all? I, I do that. No, okay. yeah, I do it every time. So I just put the grid on my screen, okay. and then it usually will line up something. Uh, yeah, so it's really just putting the grid on the LCD. That works right. great. I, You know, I used to put, like, sticky dots on my screen or something, but I just got used to using the grid. It works perfectly. Have you found a lot of competition in this uh, arena of hyperlapsing? I know a lot of people, we're all good friends um, that do time lapses and hyperlapses. And, 
yeah, I know some great people that kind of do the same stuff I do all over the world. I mean, it would make sense. That's, you know, it's kind of sort of what you're into. So you look at uh, other work that is similar. Yeah. And we're all good friends. Like, you know, everyone's really nice and we share, you know, all the information that we yeah, that's that's so. that's one awesome thing about I think uh, our industry in general. Like I don't think like I have I have a lot of friends that I work with. I hire them, they hire me. Uh but we've never really felt like competitors like I guess other industries would. Um that's always that, yeah. uh, I found that I find that interesting. My my one of my buddies yeah, is having some just... great great success and I couldn't be more happier for him. Yeah, we we all have like these big group chats and you know, we always talk to each other. It's and then we kind of do some meetups here and the, here and now. What are some misconceptions about hyperlapsing? Some general ideas that are out there that people float around that don't seem to be the case. Are there any? For example, I might be wrong when I said that it's an incredible amount of work, which is what kind of deters me from trying to even do it at all yeah to tell you the truth like for me it's it's really simple how i make it simple is not using a tripod you know handheld and doing it super quick so some people it takes hours to get a shot that i do but for me it takes like five ten minutes to shoot and then you know the the real magic is when you do the post-production and after effects and you stabilize it that's what really blows you away because when you shoot it, you know, it's all over the place. It's it's just jittery. It's wonky. It's, you know, yeah. all over the screen. But once you, like, track it, stabilize it, it's just butter. <laughs> is there is there a specific plugin in After Effects that allows for, like, automatic uh, tracking? Or is it something you do manually? I mean, a lot of people use Warp Stabilizer. But, again, it, it doesn't really work well. It's It, it kind of, like, jitters in the, in the corners. Yeah. But uh, After Effects has a tracking program built in. You just stabilize a position and a rotation, like a two-point track, mm. and everything just becomes super smooth. So, yeah, a lot of people use Warp Stabilizer, and they should learn how to use uh, two-point tracking, which is kind of easy once you get the hang of it. What features in a camera makes this process easier? Is it the higher megapixels? Is it a stabilized lens, body? Do you want more depth of field or less depth of field? Like what, what kind of things are you looking at to get a good um, sort of hyperlapse going? You know, it doesn't really, it's, it's, you don't really need a special camera or anything. Uh, the depth of field is really up to you if you have like a foreground or something that you want to be kind of blurred out. Um, and if you're like moving towards something, obviously you want your, your F-stop to be kind of high. So you don't have to like refocus your camera, but yeah, it's kind of easy. You know, it, it really looks like a lot of work. And again, for some people it is, but you know, for me, I could do a pretty long hyperlapse in like, you know, 20 minutes. You know, I did one in China. It was like 600 shots. I think it took me probably like 25, 30 minutes. Um, but when I stabilized it, I had to do multiple tracks like over and over again. I think I did like eight different tracks because there were foreground elements getting in the way of my tracking point. 
so I had, I had to pick another tracking point and I was going towards a building and it had all these, you know, lights, you know, rooms that had lights on and off. So I would just, you know, pick different rooms, the corner of the, you know, of the windows to track. It took a lot of time in post, but to shoot it, you know, 25 minutes. What's longer, the production or the post-production? The, for me, it's definitely the post. Because again, you know, if you do it handheld, you could just whip it out super quick. You know, take a picture, step, take a picture, step, take a picture, step. But if you're doing like a long exposure one, you would have to set up a tripod, arrange the camera to be perfectly centered. And, you know, that those take a lot, lot more time. So I do those too. Those take, you know, 30 minutes to an hour probably to get a good 10, 15 second hyperlapse. Do you try do you try to include some sort of hyperlapsing in all your videos or your work or is it just basically what the client calls for? So like for example, uh you know a, a client might want a generic very generic video, would you always try to get them to agree to like some sort of hyperlapsing within the video? Yeah, but then again, a lot of clients don't really understand what it is. I kind of just add that on top of the work because I know even though they don't really understand it, I know they'll love it in the end. <laughs> so you do it without asking them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I'll get it. what they want, but then, you know, I'll, I'll do that too. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. Have you ever had any issues doing that? No, not really. That's because, you know, I do the checklist, whatever they want. And then, right, you know, right. I'll, I'll bust some other creative stuff out. But I'm sure you'll know that. You know, hyperlapses are amazing, but maybe if the story that you're saying might be genuine and intimate and sweet, what, would you would you try to squeeze in a hyperlapse in there or would it just not fit the story? You have your scenes and everything and it could be like a transition to another scene. Okay. So I see. Yeah. So it's kind of like a cut transition. I mean, you see that all the time. You see like yeah, B-roll yeah. shots. It's kind of like a B-roll shot. Uh, so where can people find all your work? I post a lot of stuff on Instagram. My name there is Permagrin Films. I have a YouTube channel, TikTok, you know, Facebook and everything. But mainly Instagram is where I post everything. And of course, I'll be putting all these links down below. I noticed recently that did your Instagram get hacked? Yeah, it did oh, uh, last year. Yeah. I didn't have a two-factor identification set up, and I don't know, someone from like Istanbul took it and oh, man. deleted all my videos and like 7,000 followers that I had, and then he tried to sell it as, you know, an empty Instagram page with, you know, 63,000 followers. And luckily, I knew someone that knew someone at Instagram you know, it took like two months. I was pretty much losing my mind. It was the worst feeling ever. But yeah, I, I finally got it back. It wow. was a big hassle. And oh my God, it, it felt so bad. Man, sorry you and went I, through I that. And I just never thought that would happen. I'm sorry? No, I'm sorry that you went through that. That must have been Oh terrible. yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's horrible. So that's a good lesson to learn. If you guys don't have your two-factor authentication set up, do that now. Yes. I don't, I don't think I have Yes, please. Up. 
Yikes. Yeah, I had to go I through to like 50 hard drives to find all the videos that I posted. So in the end, I did a lot of um, arranging and cleaning up my hard drives and stuff. So, I mean, that's a, a plus for for all the hassle. Got it. Now I have stuff better arranged on my hard drives and stuff. That's fantastic. That's good that you were able to get that back. It's yeah. good news. Well, I'll definitely and, and kind of, uh-huh, sorry, go ahead. And another plus point was a lot of people like the behind the scenes of each shot that I do. And fortunately, when I shoot a lot of stuff, I have behind the scenes footage and videos. I'm starting to post that with my videos that I lost and actually people like the behind the scenes more than the actual video so <laughs> yeah yeah get I way know. more views yeah I, I i know that very very well i yeah pretty much only post behind the scenes i hardly ever post final products anymore because people <laughs> yeah they the, the reaction to the final product is uh it's not as much as the behind the scenes yeah so for for yeah, for Dream Music, we have a whole behind-the-scenes video That's awesome. on YouTube. And Imagination also has a behind-the-scenes. I Left My Heart has a behind-the-scenes. So, yeah, we nice. we pretty much shoot a bunch of behind-the-scenes when we shoot anything. Yeah. That's that's crazy. And I have a bunch of GoPros to just set up, you know, when we do stuff. So it's pretty easy to get all the behind-the-scenes. Nice. Yeah, I remember your the imagination video. That one was very trippy. Um, but so like I again I was mesmerized <laughs> just watching it. <laughs> well, I was too. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun just, you know, playing with toys and stuff and we had this kid that was super fun to hang out with. Nice. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh man. Um I'll be putting links to all these videos, your Instagram and every um your website where everybody could find you on the show notes for this episode. Dude, thank you so much for taking the time and being patient with all the technical issues uh, before getting on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. No problem. So there's my conversation with Mark Donahue. I hope you guys found that enjoyable, insightful, and maybe makes you motivated to go out and shoot a time lapse. I always find those videos very, very interesting. If you want to link to all the stuff that we spoke about, you can find them in the show notes for this episode. If you haven't seen Mark's work, you could also watch this podcast on our YouTube channel over at iFilmmaker Podcast and see everything that we were referencing going down the street for a whole mile in the middle of the street in, in San Francisco. That was very, very interesting. But anyways, thank you guys for watching this episode. Don't forget to comment if you have any questions. Leave us a review over on iTunes that really helps us and we appreciate that very very much and again links are all down below and if you find this episode was helpful to you or any other episode on this podcast would you consider sharing it with someone letting them know that this stuff exists so we appreciate that very very much I think that's the best compliment that you guys can give us on this show also comments and criticisms are always welcomed with love, of course. So we'll see you on the next episode of the iPhone Maker Podcast. My name's Ariel Martinez.